I'm just going to read our verses for today, and uh, and let's get going. So uh, we're going to read Titus 2, verses 1 through 5. And this is from the NASB. But as for you, speak to things which are fitting for sound doctrine. Older men are to be temperate, dignified, sensible, sound in faith, in love, in perseverance. Older women, likewise, are to be reverent in their behavior, not malicious, not malicious gossips, nor enslaved to much wine, teaching what is good, so that they may encourage the young women to love their husbands, to love their children, to be sensible, pure, workers at home, kind, being subject to their own husbands, so that the word of God will not be dishonored. Um, so then, and then uh, continuing on from here, Paul gets into talking about to uh, young men and to bond slaves. So um, you get to choose for yourself here where you fit in. Are you an old man or a young man, <laughs> an old woman or a young woman? <laughs> he doesn't give us, he doesn't define these things here, but uh, but today we're going to get into talking about old men. So you decide if this applies to you or not. So. <laughs> But uh, um, it, this is a, this is a, a fun section to look at here. I, I enjoyed studying it. Um, you know, it's an interesting thing. I know of one. I don't really know much about it, but I mean, there's. Uh, I know there's one ministry. I shouldn't. Maybe, I don't know name name calling here. But it's called Titus Two Ministries. I don't know that much about it, but I know that it's a fairly legal um, um, group. Uh, and 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 that often happens when we get to a chapter like this. You know, and we rip it out of context and we divorce it from grace. Um, we can get really legal really fast, right? Um, because we've got lists of things that we've got to do or live up to. And, and so that's what we want to, that's what we're going to talk about this morning. What's, what is Paul's intent here? So, but let's look at question number one. When you see, um, you tell me if I've got the right questions here and I'm going on the right track. <laughs> Does everyone have a, a copy of these questions Mike sent out? Um, when you see in a Greek sentence the first word in the sentence, what does it tell you about the importance of that word? A strong contrast. A strong, a strong contrast? Yeah. Yeah, it's... Um, it's kind of, it's a little different than we have in, in English. Um, I was trying to think of this. I'm, I'm not much of a grammarian, but, you know, when we want to emphasize a word in, in English, we, we tend to stress it. There, see how I, I did that? I kind of stressed the word stress. That's my emphasis in the sentence. Um, so, but, it, but in Greek, you can, and so sometimes you'll see that in English writing where we'll, we'll italicize a word because we want to make sure that the reader understands that's the, that's the word we're emphasizing because it's hard to do in, in written English form. But in the Greek, the, the first word in the sentence is, is the emphasis of the sentence. That's, that's kind of where your attention is to be, um, at. So it's, so it, it comes first. Um, now, um, the, uh, Joanne, you're right about the word but, um, that there's a strong contrast, um, on, on, with the word but. And, and we would, and we do want to, um, pay attention to that. The, uh, the, the first Greek word is, is however the word you. Um, 
in the, in the Greek word order. And that doesn't really make uh, much sense to us. If we were to directly translate that to English, it'd be you, but speak. So we don't, we can't really render it that way in English. And that's, that's where we, what we're getting at here. Yeah. The emphasis can't really be portrayed in, in English quite the same way. Um, but maybe we'd write that you in italics. We say, but you speak the things. Da, 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 da. So, so that's what, that's what um, Mike was getting at in that question. And, um, and so that's actually that's question number two. I, just, I guess I just kind of rolled these into into one here, um, it, it, where we get that the word "you" is the first word in verse one in Greek, and what does that tell you? So let's talk about that a little bit. What does that tell you that the word "you" comes first? And it does have to do with that strong contrast that Joanne talked about. Any thoughts on that, given the context of where we come from in, in tail end of chapter one? Look back at uh, chapter 1, verse 9, and you'll see that, that strong contrast. Someone want to read chapter 1, verse 9? Holding fast the faithful word, which is in accordance with the teaching, so that he will be able to both, uh, will be able both to exhort in sound doctrine and to refute those who contradict. Yeah. So we see that this kind of, that, that's addressed to elders. Um, and, and we see there like the two sides of what an elder is supposed to do. And, and on the one hand, to exhort in sound doctrine. And on the other hand, to refute those who contradict. And then in, and then in the next verse, in chapter one, verse 10, Paul, Paul begins talking about those who contradict, right? So we're, those, those who the elder is supposed to refute. And, and he des- describes them as rebellious men, empty talkers, deceivers, especially those of the circumcision. Uh, and he says they must be refuted and and silenced. So, so then Paul goes on to the end of chapter one, um, describing those those people that are to be silenced by by the elder, um, and then and then he turns to Titus, and and he in in strong contrast, um, he describes how Titus should exhort in sound doctrine. So he's so, so this is all kind of built on that chap on that uh, chapter one verse nine, where he says, um, "Exhort in sound doctrine and refute." Okay, this is what refuting is about and why. Now let's talk about the sound doctrine. So, does that make sense? We get on 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 what uh, what's going on there and why the emphasis is turned to to you now. That you is in that you is singular. That's another English thing. We don't you know. In, in modern English, we have you singular and you plural, but this is you singular, so it is addressed to Titus, who's who's the recipient of this letter. Um, so this is Paul's uh, personal um, direction to to Titus. Paul has now he's now he's going to tell he's going to tell uh, Titus um, the the things that that he should should uh, speak. And, and verse one says, but so, but as for you, speak the things which are, uh, fitting for sound doctrine. So we want to talk about that. This is question number three. What would be the things befitting sound doctrine? Um, so, and depending on your translation, let's talk a little bit about that word befitting. Um, we'll get into the things. That question is a little bit maybe asked, looks like we're asking for the, the, the list of things. Um, and, and we'll get down to that. But right now, let's talk about um, the word fitting. 
Any 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 good synonyms for befitting? Just to get at the idea of what we're talking about here. Like appropriate. Appropriate, yep. Yeah. That's a good that's a good uh good synonym. There's a there's a certain so there's a certain conduct that is appropriate to right doctrine. Um, Mike had put in the notes here um, that when, when Jesus came to John to be baptized in Matthew 13, 3, verses 13 through 15, um, John hesitated because it didn't seem appropriate that he should baptize one as great as Jesus. And Jesus replied saying, permit it, this, permit it at this time, for in this way it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. And that word fitting is the same word used here by by Paul. So um, another word that uh, that comes up is in my mind is the word suitable. So we got fitting or appropriate or suitable. So so we could say that the things that Paul is about to list are things that are are appropriate to write doctrine. So this is where we get uh, this is where we get really legal, right? This is um, you know, cause, cause isn't this exactly what the reform guys would say, right? They'll, they'll take you on this, this, you know, logical, quote unquote, logical, um, kind of, kind of ride. And, and the, they'll start out with this. Well, well, there's, there is an appropriate way to live as a Christian. You know, therefore, you know, if you're not living this way, well, then you're, you're probably not saved or, you know, something like this. You know, and, and right away it turns it turns the 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 root concept that there is an appropriate or a fitting um, conduct for a Christian turns that into into legality. So, what would be? Let's just comment on that. What would be the issue with that? Why why would we? How would you um, just mentally uh, combat that that way of thinking? Because we're, it's pretty we're pretty prone to it. I think. I mean, I am, right? Give me a list, and I will, um, I will try to do it. I'll, I'll give it my, give it 110 percent. You know, you want, you know, you want me to be temperate. You know, I will, I will do that. <laughs> um, how do we, how do we, scripturally, refute that, that kind of thinking, that kind of legality? As soon as we give ourselves a list like this, any thoughts on that? Yeah, I think um, the the first thing that that and, and Titus is being a younger man, and then speaking to older generations as well as younger, um, must feel you know a little bit. Oh, it, it, it had to be not. I don't know if the word is intimidating, but. Here he, he, he knows that he is entrusted with this body of healthy teaching um, and that he is being asked to communicate the things that are part of that, that body of healthy teaching to these other generations. Um, and so, you know, when, when I think about approaching that, there's two different ways, and if you fast-track it down, you'll see that in verse 11 that this is for the grace of God has appeared bringing salvation. So this is a, a list that's presented in a context of grace, not presented in a context of legalism, which is what the false teachers were really 
trying to do in their own way, even if that body of teaching was different, it wasn't healthy. Um, it produced uh, a, a kind of legalistic response more consistent with Jewish myths and uh, and the like, right? And so all of the things that, that they were combating and the elders were, were protecting um, the body from uh, were, were wrapped up in, like you said, that legalistic uh, packaging. Um, but without that understanding, I, I would run right into this verse and say, okay, healthy doctrine, what does that mean? Um, you know, where's my systematic theology book? I got to make sure that I got all that right. I got to have my eschatology, you know, in check. I need my, uh, you know, you know, all, all of the ologies, um, should probably be, be, uh, be right, especially if I'm going to, to be teaching others. Um, so how, you know, the question is how, how did, in my mind, how did Titus know what was sound doctrine for this group of people in this local body? How did he know what that was? And how did he, how did he deliver it so that it was not a list alone? It was in a context of grace. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Some thoughts? Yeah. Yeah, that's really good. I mean, I think it's interesting that, that verse 9, 1, 9, he talks about sound doctrine and then refuting those who contradict, but then he reverses that order and he first deals with those who contradict because those are the legal guys, you know. Um, it says especially those of the circumcision, you know. So so he's, he's already... Um, you know, condemned the idea of, of legality in the church before he turns to this, you know, so that we're not going to hopefully so that we don't confuse this with, with legalism. Um, and then like you said, yeah, that's exactly it. Um, that when you get down to chapter two, verse 11, this is all, um, based upon the fact that the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation. You know, it starts with the word four. That's a um, explanation of of the, the the whole reason that this is fitting for the Christian is because the grace of God has appeared, right? So, yeah, and we we just we want to be um we want to be uh just thoughtful in, in terms of grace around these kinds of issues because it can be so easy. Um, I, I don't know how many. I mean, it's, it's kind, of, kind of bothers me, but I don't know, like, how many guys I've listened to that, that really understand grace, and they'll be teaching a book. But sometimes what happens is we teach a book in, in our circles as we go verse by verse by verse, and it's slow, and it takes, like, a year to get through, you know, Titus or something like that, or Ephesians. And, and we talk about grace because Paul typically sets this up in the, in the early parts of, of a book. And then we get to these later chapters, we get to these, you know, instructions, these imperatives for Christians. And I'm amazed how often it, it turns to very kind of works oriented. Maybe I shouldn't say very, but, but we kind of lose that, that emphasis or that focus on grace as we, as we get into the weeds of, okay, what are these things that are appropriate? And, and, and that's, I mean, that's just because our our sin nature is so inclined to works to to works of the flesh right to to trying to be pleasing to god and in, out of our flesh and so um it's so easy as we kind of get you know drilling down into you know what does this word mean what does temperate mean what does dignified mean and 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 our and as we just kind of focus in on that if we're not keeping grace really clearly in mind we can we can easily float off into into that legal world 
Um, I, I don't know if I have time for it, but I, I had a little um, personal story. I don't know how old I was. I was in I was in vacation Bible school, so this goes back a few decades anyway. And um, the the at the beginning of the week, the teachers or the the, head, the leader said she pulled out this giant uh, paper mache uh, Mr. Big. You guys have Mr. Big candy bars, right? Do you? It's a big. It's it's like. Hey, no. you don't have Mr. Big. All right. <laughs> no. You gotta go. You gotta. You guys gotta visit us up here and have have a Mr. Big sometime. So it's it's, it's you know it's a, you guys call them. See, we don't even call them candy bars. It's a chocolate bar. But we have a you know big chocolate bar called Mr. Big, and they take in, I don't know twenty some of them and and put them inside this paper mache thing. And she said she's like I don't know what the theme was. I don't know the Beatitudes or the fruit of the spirit or something. And she's like. All throughout the day, every day this week, we're going to, your teachers are going to be, you know, cataloging, like marking down who's exhibiting these, these characteristics. And by the end of the week, whoever scores highest is taken home this Mr. Big. Well, that engaged my flesh like you would imagine. That's the only thing I thought of all week long, you know, was these, these chocolate bars and, you know, I, I stayed behind after crafts to put away the crayons, and then the teacher's like, well, that was really nice of you, Miles, but um, the next group is coming in. We actually need those out, but it didn't matter. I just did, I just did you know, I went, um, you know, 110% on, on all the works I could, I could pull up. And and I won the chocolate bar. Like I'm, I mean, I I can <laughs> I did I did take home the chocolate bar. That was my objective. That's what I achieved, right? And that's what VBS taught me that year. But um, <laughs> you know, when <laughs> so when we come to these lists of things, is that our is that to be our mentality? Is that to be our motive? And that's what this, like I talked about, these you know. Reform guys and, and so forth that turn this into, into works, that becomes the driver. We, we become focused on, you know, how can I do these things in order to be pleasing to God? And, and it's just completely backwards, right? Completely backwards. So, so there you go. That's, um, <laughs> uh, I, I mean, I think, I think what's, what's important here, um, is is to understand that ultimately, I mean, we may succeed in getting a chocolate bar here and there, or we might think, you know, I, we might think for a while we're doing okay with keeping up some of these, you know, call it a virtue list, call it whatever you you know you want. But but what Paul is describing here, what he's laying forward, if we take it in a legal sense, it's going to defeat us, right? If we take these things that he's about to lay out in any other context than grace. We, we will, we will be defeated. We will, we will find ourselves, um, on, on our face, right? Um, so. I was just going to say, um, yeah. something that we've been studying on, on Monday nights is that legalism was made for the sin nature. Yeah. Grace was made for the new nature. Yeah. So this is going to appeal to the state of a man's trust and dependence upon either the old man or the new man. You could look at this entire list, and there's others. We know them. Uh, we've had them held over our heads, at, you know, whether it be VBS or whatnot, um, even as parenting, right? Like, And, you know, we, we, we give our kids lists all the time. 
uh, things yeah. to do. And we know what appeals to the old man, and that's that legalistic mentality. But grace is, is hard to understand. But what's interesting is that this, for, for this chapter is that everything starts with a, a common, uh, common sound doctrine. Paul started, or uh, at the very beginning of Titus here, um, he talks about the common faith. And so there, the, those that Titus is addressing, they have this common faith. They have a, a trust in the, in the Lord Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. And, and now they're, they're, they're adding things onto that, right? And they're having to teach things that are, now that you understand these things, these are the things that flow out of the grace that the Lord saved you with. And therefore, these are the things that we do by operation in grace. However, um, it, it, it's very clear that these these lists can appeal to the new nature, but in a much different way than they appeal to the old man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, th- these these things are descriptive of the new man, right? That, of that the new, man. Yes. Yeah, yeah. These things are uh, the, the nature of the man, Jesus Christ. Right. That's the man, you know, that we're that we're connected to. And, and if we think of it in that in that sense, then the only reason, uh, as a believer, why I would fail to be any one of these things um, is because simply because I'm failing to rest in that grace by faith, because these are the things that that are ours by by grace through faith. Does that does that make sense? Am I fair to say that? Yeah, that does make sense. Cool. And one thing that <clears throat> maybe I'll just add real quick is that. There's a, there's a lot of growth between um, not knowing something, knowing something, in this case, knowing the nature of the new man. We're not getting into that in great depth in Titus right now, but um, there's, there's growth in the process. It, going from appealing to the old man through legalistic uh, requirements to seeing those requirements is not for the old man to achieve, but for the new man, and he's already achieved them. There's a there's a lot of time uh, needed for the Lord to teach us individually, and in this case, it's older men, it's younger men, it's older women, younger. So He's teaching the same thing to varying generations. Why? Why is He teaching it? Why is He talking about these things? Wouldn't they have got this as young men already? Young women shouldn't they already now now that they're older? Shouldn't they know these things already? But this is a newer church, right? So, but nonetheless, we we see this that. These things take, this knowledge takes time to be applied, uh, by faith and, and to be understood. And there's a, there's a, it's funny that, you know, I'm not going to go down that rabbit trail either, but it's just interesting that, um, without an understanding of, of, of who the new man is and how we operate, we can run right into this. And what I was going to say is that I know a lot of people in legalistic uh, environments who, you know, they don't, they're not reading all of the books. They're just steady churchgoers. They're doing their job. They're the greeters. You know, they're the ones that are, that are, that are doing, doing the work behind the scenes. And, you know, are they operating by grace or are they operating by legalism? You know, it's, it's very difficult for us to, to judge that without going to the doctrine, right? We, we can't measure the fruit at the top of the tree without talking about what the roots are made out of, you know, and, um, and so I guess for us, it's important to realize that 
there's a lot of, of growth with, with these passages and how an older man becomes temperate, how he becomes dignified and sensible yeah. and so forth. And you look at this and you're going to pick yourself out in this list. And you're going to be like, okay, those are my things. Those are things that I need to be aware of. Um, you know, those are my goals, if you will. Those are the goals of operation in the church that I should, should uh, uh, aspire to. Um, no, it's, it's not like that at all. These are the things that come out of spending time with the Lord Jesus. These are the, these are the results of sound doctrine, healthy doctrine, healthy living. In this case, the focus on that common faith produces in the new man these types of things. So anyway, there yeah. you go. That's great. No, no, that's really good. I, I think you're right. I like your comment about, you know, do we, the, 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 we, we might think we see certain things in, in the lives of others. It can be very hard, I think, to determine is, is this, you know, sourced in the, the old man or is this something sourced in, in the new? Um, you know, it can be hard to judge it even in our own lives, N- never mind the life of another believer. But one of the things that I find for myself personally is the thing that shakes that out of the, out of the tree, so to speak, is, um, is, is trials. You know, when I face a trial and man, I see, wow, the, the thing that I thought was, you know, was, was sourced in Christ. Like I, you know, cause you can, when things are, when things are going smoothly, when things are going well, you know, we can keep up some semblance of, of temperance and, and, and dignity and so forth. But man, like bring, bring some difficulty, bring some trial and, you know, and I fall apart, you know, and, and if I'm falling apart, well, it shows you what was the source behind those things. It was me. You know, if I fall apart and I'm no longer dignified or sensible, well, you know, it shows you what was sourcing. And that's where I think the Lord, um, the Lord is, is, is gracious to give us those, those trials and those difficulties to show us, you know, um, where we're, where we're leaning, you know, and, uh, and, and always pointing us back to, to the need to depend on him for these things, not, not on me. So cool. Okay. We got like three, three minutes. Is my clock on? Oh, four minutes. Okay. So let's, let's see if we can, um, uh, Question number four, um, are, are the men in, in, uh, oh, does your, does yours have the verse number? <laughs> are the, your questions I just have, are the men in verse elders or just men? Uh, so are the men in verse two, two are the yeah. men in verse two elders or just men of older years? This is kind of just one of those little technical things, but it's, I mean, it's important because we talked about elders, um, you know, uh, so we won't spend a lot of time on this, I don't think, but the, the term is, um, uh, uh, let's see if I can, presbutase, Um This word is used uh, two other times in the New Testament, I believe. Once in Luke one eighteen of Zacharias, who was an old man, uh, beyond uh, child, you know, the, the childbearing years. And, um, and then in Philemon, um, one verse nine, Paul calls himself an old man, uh, using this word. Um, and it's, it's related to the word, uh, presbyteros, which is, which is the word that, that we translate elders in, in the New Testament typically. And we saw that in Titus one verse five, where Titus was to appoint elders. And that was the word presbyteros. And this is, um, the word presbytase, which is, like I said, related, but, but a little different. This is, this is apparently directed to the old men. Um, not, not particularly those who have been appointed as elders, but just all, all the uh, older men in, in the, in the body. 
another thing I was going to point out if we need if we need to point out, but uh, Paul Paul breaks things down by gender here. Um, Paul's Paul clearly believes in gender distinction, and he's what the uh, the the left wingers would call binary. So Paul Paul has no problem being binary. <laughs> he's uh, all right. <laughs> Whether we needed to say that or not, I, I don't know, but. Uh, it feels like in this day and age, it's worth saying that um, there are gender distinctions, and this is for the old men. So, um, but that's it, we're really not going to have time here to to get into um, the, the 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 I guess the list here. So, but uh, um, but the, where, where we'll go next, I guess, is is talking about the the older men and what is um, what is fitting for them. Um, the I had some great notes on this next part. I guess I'm not going to get to uh, get into them because uh, next week I got to teach James. So um, if you have time this week, though, I'd, I, I would recommend look, to have a look at the at a Greek interlinear. If you've got one that breaks down the parts of speech, or you can look that up. Um, I, I did it just on Blue Letter Bible because I don't have other software other than that. And you can see, you know, noun, adjective, verb, adjective, so forth. So when you when you look at this verse. Um, you can see what the adjectives are. Um, and I, the only thing I want to take 30 seconds to point out here is that when you get down to um, the sound in faith, in love, in perseverance, those are, those are nouns. Those are nouns, not, not adjectives or, or, or verbs. Those are nouns. So um, the, the three adjectives are uh, temperate, dignified, sensible. Um, the verb being are to be. So older men are to be, uh, those three adjectives, those would describe, describe them. And, and then there's a, a that being sound, uh, or sound in the faith is, is, uh, a participle. Um, so it, so it's, uh, has a connection to the verb to be. Um, and it's the, and, and, they, and they, they both have to be, I learned a little bit of Greek grammar here, they both have to be in the present tense because that, that verbal participle is connected to the, um, the tense of the to be. So um, these are to be present continuous. The, the Greek present tense has a sense of continuous. So this is what is to be, you know, on a continuous basis. Um, so, so I don't know, if you, if you have some time between now and next week, um, dig into that a little bit. And the other thing that's important to point out, really is that faith, love, and perseverance all have the definite article attached to them. So it's being sound in the faith, in the love, in the perseverance. Um, and if you really have time, uh, check out the verses uh, 1 Corinthians 13, 13, and 1 Thessalonians 1, 2 to 3. Because... I think, especially at First Thessalonians, if you pay some careful attention to the grammar, you're going to find out that this is this is Paul's list. This is Paul's triad: faith, faith, hope, and love. And that word pers- in Thessalonians, there, the word perseverance is attached to the word hope. So, so just some cool things to to uh, uh, look at next week. So let's um, let's close in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity that we've had uh, today to uh, just to spend some time and talk about the fact that um, these these things these these attributes or character qualities are, are not things that we're supposed to try to produce these are things that 
um, that you produce um, in your righteousness through us. And, and our job is simple dependence, simple faith. And, and we pray that uh, we'd be reminded of that, that as we face the trials and we, and it, then they reveal our, um, our self-dependence, that we would just have our eyes turned back to Christ and to recognize that um, the things that you want to see in us are the things that, uh, that are only sourced in Jesus. And we thank you for that. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.